Welcome to the Incomparable Podcast, a podcast from tenofthose.com. This is a podcast exploring the character and attributes of God. There's no better topic. In a moment, we'll look at why studying the character of God is so important. But before we do, a few comments about this podcast and what to expect. Each episode in this series is an extract from the book Incomparable, written by Andrew Wilson. The full book explores 60 characteristics, but this series is designed just to give a taster, picking out 15 characteristics. Each episode is like the chapter in the book, fairly short, five to seven minutes long, and so very manageable. In fact, this introduction is the longest pod of the series. Hopefully this makes it a very manageable uh, listen. The pod is made using the audiobook of Incomparable and is read by Neil Gardner. We hope you find this podcast a blessing. If you want to read the whole book or listen to the whole audiobook, visit tenofthose.com where you can purchase the physical, audio and ebook at the best price around. So without further ado, let's dive in and consider first of all why exploring the character of God is the most exciting topic there is. This book is about God. Quite unashamedly, the reflections are short, and hopefully the illustrations make it relatively easy to understand. But the subject matter is the most difficult, exciting, meaty and wonderful topic there is, the living God. If that sounds like a dangerous challenge, it probably is. But I believe that there is nothing anywhere that is more worth reading about and responding to than the character of God. In fact, I am convinced that if your knowledge of God doesn't grow, then neither will you. Let me give you a few reasons why I think theology, the study of God, matters. Theology matters because of Panida. Panida was 14 when she was taken from her home in Thailand to Malaysia by a sex trafficker. She arrived in a city she had never seen before and was told that she had been sold she was told she had to have sex with between five and ten clients each night, every night, if she was to pay off the debt. If she refused, she would be beaten and would not be allowed to eat. She was allowed to sleep between 5am and 3pm in a locked and barred room with seven other slave girls and was forbidden from even putting her head out of the window. Helpless and terrified, she sat on her bed waiting. Thousands of miles away, a group of lawyers and investigators had seen something of the character of God. They had read Amos and the Psalms and Isaiah, and encountered the God who championed the cause of orphans and widows and victims. Taking seriously God's anger at injustice, and the biblical commandments to set free the oppressed, they set up an organisation that, among other things, prosecuted child traffickers and freed sex slaves, funded entirely by the charitable donations of others who had also gained revelation about the God of Justice. International Justice Mission, IJM, was born. Penida never saw her first client, 
the night she was going to start, a raid was conducted with local police based on an undercover investigation done by IJM. She was set free without ever having to pay or prostitute herself, and 94 other girls were released in the same series of raids. 94 rape victims, made in the image of God, who were set free because some lawyers they had never met read their Bibles and discovered something about the character of the living God. Theology matters. Theology matters because of Dave. A tall, sociable salesman in a small town in England, Dave had no background in Christianity and no interest in getting one. Like millions around him, he was destined for an eternity without God. That is, until his first child was born. Looking down at the miracle of life in his hands, Dave couldn't believe it was an accident and marvelled at the wisdom that God, if he existed, must have in order to create his daughter. It was a life-changing moment. He and his wife Julie repented of their sins, got baptised, and committed themselves to their local church. Twenty years later, having brought up two Christian children, given generously to further the gospel, and run a marriage course numerous times, Dave and Julie are moving 3,000 miles away to help build the church in Canada. Revelation that the wisdom of the Creator God changed a man, a family, and a church. There are millions of Daves around the world. Sadly, there remain some Panidas, and there is still work to be done. But it is theology, the revelation of who God is, that saves Daves and frees slaves. Being convinced of God's sovereignty is the only thing that can strengthen a martyr or inspire someone to plant a church in the Muslim world. Seeing His holiness is the only thing that can produce the kinds of revival we read about in church history. Understanding His fatherhood is the only thing that can mend people broken by abuse and fear. Grasping His grace is the only way to get free of legalism, false expectations, perfectionism, and who knows how many other modern sicknesses. Seeing how scary God is serves as the ultimate weapon against sin. You and I were transformed by revelation of who God is, what Paul calls the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 But that was not the end of our need for theology. It was the start. Theology also matters for the church as a whole. It can often seem like the world is taunting us, whether through liberal theologians, newspaper columnists, script writers, or whoever, like the Rabshakeh in Isaiah 36.4. On what do you rest this trust of yours? The answer, of course, is the same as it was for Hezekiah, on Yahweh of hosts. Knowing the God in whom we place our trust is the only secure foundation we have. The character of God is the only basis we have for establishing churches in the first place. Knowing the God of Israel is our foundation for community on earth and the ultimate answer to those who would prefer to opt out of local church altogether. The multicoloured wisdom of God is our foundation for building multiracial, multigenerational and socially diverse congregations in a world where people like spending time among their own. 
It is also the reason to establish indigenous churches in countries where very few locals have been converted. If the church is not based on the character of God, it is just a club that people can feel free to join on their own terms. But if it is, community is not optional, because we are expressing who God is to the world. Theology matters because of mission. In Scripture, the missionary task is always rooted in the character of God. Psalmists cry out for the nations to praise him, and apostles give up their lives to reach new people groups because of his excellent attributes. Let the nations be glad, for you judge the peoples with equity, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, to the praise of the glory of his grace, and so on. When people stop caring about who God is, the imperative for mission fizzles out. So does the basis for mission's success. This swings both ways. People can believe God is so independent of us that he doesn't need us, like the infamous leader who told William Carey that God could save the heathens without your help. Or they cannot believe he is truly sovereign, so there is no point in praying. For the apostles, though, God's sovereign freedom was the basis of their missionary success. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Acts 13.48 His all-surpassing goodness and glorious grace meant that any sacrifice, any persecution or torture, even death itself, was worth it. Good theology will always result in a sacrificial, zealous, joyful mission. Good theology will also stop the church from becoming irrelevant on social issues. Every year, secular Western liberals write volumes to argue that Jesus was a misunderstood teacher of tolerance, cryptic wisdom and love for fellow men, who would have had no problem with anything like sexual immorality or abortion or divorce, which all makes him sound suspiciously like a secular Western liberal. On the other hand, rich conservatives can produce an equally distorted mirror image in which God has lots to say about the family, liberty and individual responsibility, but nothing at all to say about greed, social justice or care for the poor, which all makes him sound suspiciously like a rich conservative. Knowing the God of the Bible will protect us from such mistakes. The more we know the God of justice and the God of holiness, the more the global church may end up fighting child slavery in Asia, domestic violence in Africa, materialism in North America, and sexual immorality in Europe with the same vigour. All of these things, freeing sex slaves, saving individual men and women, transforming people's thinking, establishing churches, going to unreached people groups with the gospel, engaging with social issues around the world, are important. To my mind, they are all but one of the most important things we ever do. But the most important thing we do, and the biggest reason that theology is important, is worship, glorifying God himself. Theology fuels worship. We cannot worship what we do not know, we cannot delight in what we have not seen. When I compliment my wife, Rachel, I ground what I say in facts about her. 
If I didn't know her very well, my relationship with her and the honour I could give her would be very limited. It is the same with God. We praise him because we know him. The world's best worshippers are theologians, not necessarily professional scholars or academics, but theologians, people who know the character of God because they have read about him, gotten to know him, and experienced him in their lives. Missionaries like William Carey, James Hudson Taylor, and Jim Elliot. Songwriters like Charles Wesley, Augustus Toplady, and Isaac Watts. And, for that matter, Stuart Townend, Darlene Zeck, and Matt Redman. Preachers like George Whitefield, Charles Spurgeon, and Jonathan Edwards. These people are worshippers because they are theologians. They have said and done great things because they know God. Knowing the character of God is like putting heavy logs in the fireplace. When the fire of worship is lit, it burns hotter, brighter and longer than the guys down the road who used paper. But that metaphor has a flip side. There is no use in theology that does not turn into worship. Logs that just sit there on the hearth would have been better off staying in the forest. When we learn about objects, it enhances our brains and equips us to use them. When we learn about people, it enhances our relationships and equips us to serve them. When we learn about God, it enhances our lives and equips us to worship him. So if our theology does not regularly and joyfully lead us to worship, then something is wrong. For this reason, all of the reflections in this book are written with worship in mind. Some reflections are followed by a brief salah, designed to give some practical application from what we have been studying. Others are left deliberately open-ended. Some reflections are quite complex. Others are extremely simple. But my prayer is that all of them, no matter what their content, help you delight in the King of Kings. I would like to think that people could use these reflections in any setting, in their devotional times, to prepare preaching, to listen to on the train, or even in the downstairs bathroom. Theology and worship are for all times and all places. But however you use them, I hope they will provoke you to praise the I am that they are trying to describe. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Romans 11.36 Thanks for listening to this introduction. On the next episode, we'll consider God's existence. It's a great episode that will both encourage and excite you. Don't forget, if you want to get the book for yourself, you can purchase it at tenofthose.com. The book has the same title as the podcast, Incomparable, and it's written by Andrew Wilson. Why not consider sharing this podcast with a friend so you can listen along and learn together? And why don't you subscribe so that you never miss an episode? See you next time.